So this morning, I want to um, invite you to take a little dive into a deep pool. That little dive is to spend just a few minutes looking at God's word and truth about something that he um, shares and, and gives word about, truth about in his word in a deep way in many, many different places, and that would be worship. Worship, And before um, we, we take that dive, um, I, I want to um, ask you, you go back two years with me, um, blink of an eye, two years ago, um, after almost a year of prayer and discernment, uh, a group of people here called the Vision Team formed and crafted a mission and vision plan. And, and just a little bit about that mission because that's the foundation. Everything that, that we do here, it, it, every, every um, reason that we exist, um, every purpose is tied to our mission. Do you know what that mission is? I'm quizzing you. Winning, let me walk you through it. Winning people to Christ, equipping them to serve. Winning people to Christ, equipping them to serve. And everything that we do as a body of Jesus Christ is for that reason and that purpose. And so uh, the vision team looked at every area of our ministry, broke it down, prayed over it. And we tried to discern two things. We, we tried to create a point A, as you see on the screen, just like in a map. Point A. And point A was current reality. This is who we really are. This is where we're at today. This is what is true about this particular part of our ministry. And then we looked at B, where it is that we want to go. And I want to be really clear about that B is not about us. It's not who do we think that we ought to be or who is it that we ought to become. No, it's bigger than that. It's who is it that God desires us to become. That's the B. Because often we just fall short in terms of, of who it is that we think that we ought to be, and we put a lot of things on it. So who is it that God wants us to become? And in the area of worship, here's what the team believed was true. That God desires us to be, listen closely to this, worshipers filled with uncontainable joy by his Holy Spirit who gather and unite to praise and exalt our God with passion and reverence. Believe that's true? That's who God wants us to be? I'll read it one more time. Worshippers filled with uncontainable joy by his Holy Spirit who gather and unite to praise and exalt our God with passion and with reverence. You know, I don't think too many people would disagree with that in terms of that's who it is that God wants us to be. We might disagree on what current reality is in terms of the A, but not so much on the B. Even though you might use some different words, you, you get the point. And what happens is, how do we go from point A to point B? Now, if you're in a car, you use a GPS, right? Or most of you. I'm not real fond of them, and I get in trouble because I don't use them sometimes. Not necessarily getting lost, but with somebody who's riding with me. <laughs> oh, I had to, I couldn't resist. Yeah. So, we'll refocus. Um, a to B, and there's vision plans and vision statements. And so that's the, the moving from one place to the other about from where you currently are to where it is that God wants you to go. 
And so here's two things that the team came up with regarding worship. To create seamless worship that brings forth the spirit of unity, joy, and genuine passion for those leading and gathered to exalt God. And then equip teams to be united, spirit-filled worshipers that exalt God. Some vision to move us from where we are to where it is that God wants us to be. And again, different understandings of the starting place. And by the way, forming a vision is not saying anything about the current state in terms of of goodness about worship. It's just recognizing that we can be who it is that God desires us to be. And I do want to make a distinction as, as we get ready to read God's word, Psalm 100, and that is this, that worship is indeed a lifestyle. We're looking at it in the context in just a moment about gathered corporate worship, the thing that we do together on Sunday morning. But worship is a lifestyle. And the truth that's shared here is applicable to that. See, we have an opportunity to worship God everywhere we go, in every capacity. You worship God at work. You worship God at school. You worship God in your homes, each and every place as you recreate. This is an undeniable truth that God wants to have be a part of us wherever it is that we go, whoever it is that we are being, to worship God. But we gather together to experience his presence and and to be energized, equipped, and empowered by it so that our relationship with God deepens and we worship him more. So I just ask you, open up your heart. And worship God as you hear these words of truth, Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness and come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. This is the word of God. Might it be written on your hearts and lived in your life. Hmm. Some profound words. Great truth about worship. And so I have a question for you. You heard those words. Here's the question. What is our gathered worship supposed to be all about? You already see the answer on the screen. And some of you might be thinking, well, that's kind of a dumb question. I know that. There's nothing earth-shaking or stunning about that answer that worship is supposed to be all about him. Right? You, you might be thinking, well, well what is it? what's up with that guy? You know, we know that. Well, maybe you do, but I, I want you to just confirm it, to look at what God says in, in Psalm 100, just in case. It's a little fuzzy, just in case that, that you think that it's just not my words, but, but look at what God says. Look, look at the verses, verses 1 and 2. 
It, it makes it really, really clear in terms of the object of worship, God. It makes it really, really clear what the flow and the direction of worship is supposed to be. I mean, you see the words, right? Shout for joy, what? To the Lord. He, he's the one that you're shouting and you're giving praise to. to all the earth. Then, then this, start of verse 2. Worship the Lord. Any, any misunderstanding about that? Absolutely not. The Lord is the one that we're to worship with gladness. Come before him, again, direction and flow from our hearts to his. Come before him with joyful songs. I, I think we understand that. Worship is about God. And, and that's the direction as, as we pull in the parking lot, as we gather, as we come and we fill the sanctuary. We're coming before the Lord to worship him. Clearly, just in case we're a little fuzzy on that, verse 3, very, very clear. One sentence right there. Know that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord is God. Very clear. This whole psalm is making that very, very evident, what worship is to be about. All of the time, again, in our lives, but, but as we gather, as we gather, that's what worship is. And, and think about that word, that, that phrase, know that the Lord is God. Know that the Lord is God. And, and then you, you read more, verse 4, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Why would that be true? Why would that be something that should be true about us? Entering his gates, call that the doors out there. The courts right here with praise and with thanksgiving. Why? Because we know him, see? We just sang a song about that. Remember the words? Yeah. About being redeemed and giving God praise and worship. That's why we worship him. Because we know him. We know his grace. We know his goodness. Why? Because we know him. We live with him in our hearts each and every day. We experience his protection and his care, his mercy, his love, his goodness. We know him. We know God. And I would submit to you that if that is true, and I want you to make a, there's a clear distinction in terms of knowing God and what Scripture is speaking about. It's not an intellectual head thing. We can rationalize that there is a God who exists. That's not what it's speaking about. It's not talking about an emotional response. Well, God answered my prayer. He did this. It's a good thing. So I'm filled with joy and happiness. It's not even an emotional response. It is a heart-faith response. That's what it's speaking about in terms of knowing God. And when that is true, the result is a response of joy, thanksgiving. It's a response of worship. When you know God, you have that inside of you. It's irrepressible. And your worship just burst out. You say, I can't, I can't keep it bottled up. I know God. I'm so thrilled and thankful for who it is that he is. He's just going to ooze out of me, burst out of me. I'm not going to put it on a shelf and look at it every now and then. I'm not going to ignore it in my life. 
and just pull it out when I feel good or right about using it or, or knowing who he is. No, it, it's, it's letting it burst out of your heart and out of your life, irrepressible joy and praise. So I got another question for you. Thinking of worship, him being the object of worship, flow and direction. Another simple question. Is that true for you in terms of worship for us? Is it? Is that what our worship is? I think it's a fair question. I think it's a really good question. Because unfortunately, we make worship about a lot of different things. When all it really needs to be is about Him. So just in case um, you're wondering, and, and I don't, I, I don't um, say this in a way that's meant to be, you know, judgmental at all. It's just to, to get you to ask yourself, what is your worship all about, really? So if you're saying, well, my worship is all about him, I want to ask this question. Have you ever had a song that was sung or played that you said, yeah, I don't like that one? Or maybe even refused to sing it? Have you ever, um, during a prayer or after a, a prayer, said, oh, my goodness, they messed that up, or they forgot this or forgot that in terms of praying? Or you thought, man, is that guy praying a long time? That's what my kids used to do all the time. You broke another record today, Dad. Have you ever done this when the preacher's been preaching from the back? Well, maybe you haven't done it, but have you ever thought about doing it? Hmm? So let, let me be really, really clear and honest, right? If any of those things are true, you made worship about you. You know, um, to be sure... There, there is a need, and God calls us as followers of Jesus Christ to bring our best. And that's true about people who are leading worship. You, you can read about it in Exodus 36, as people were assembled to build the tabernacle. Who did they seek to get? Not somebody who was crummy or bad at things. No, got the best. David, when he, he assembled people, 1 Chronicles 25, you can read about it, verse 7, when he's gathering people to worship and to celebrate the return of the ark, what did he do? He went out and he got skilled, skilled and passionate people who sang. It says singers and instrumentalists. Giftedness and competence is really, really important in worship. There's no doubt about it. 
But, but worship is about who God is to us and what we have in our hearts for him. It's all about him. And if we get hung up on something or we're rating, we're thinking about things that, that maybe have to do with us, we're not worshiping the way God desires us to worship, just being honest, and I hope you will be too. As you think about what it means to worship a good, a glorious, an awesome God. And for all that it is that he has done and who it is that he desires to be in your heart, in your life, each and every day. And that when you have an opportunity, you exalt his name and you give him glory and you give him praise and you give him honor because you just can't help yourself. It's a beautiful thing. Worship. That's what God desires. He doesn't desire uh, worship that is stiff. He doesn't desire worship that is about performing. He doesn't desire worship that is all about um, preferences and likes, traditions. He desires worship. Do you remember what Jesus said to the Samaritan woman? He desires worship and worshipers that are filled with spirit and truth. His presence. That's the bee. So I'm just asking you to think about that in terms of worship. You know, I'll make an, an honest um, statement before you in terms of preaching. Do you know why I preach and what drives me when I preach Sunday after Sunday? Some of you might think, well, because it's your job. Some of you might think, well, the way that you preach or you preach because you want people to think you do, a, you know, an okay to fair job. It's good to hear that. I won't deny that. Is that why I preach? I preach for one reason. And, and I put a lot of time and effort into my sermons. And some of them maybe are better than others. Maybe some of them are, you know... I'll be willing to admit that. But the only reason, and, and I have to step back and I have to say, I, I love everybody here, no matter how much I know you, but I don't preach for you. And if you struggle with what I bring, I'm sorry, but I preach for God to exalt his name, to give him glory and his honor. And you might know if you've asked me and said something. I said, I'm just trying to get out of the way of God. That's it. And that's my goal each and every Sunday. Is to let the truth of God just be received. And for you to be thankful in it. And express joy and exalt his name because of who it is that he is. And what it is that he shares with us. As we just strive to live life together. That's it. It's that simple. One last question for you. Is he worth it? 
Verse 5 says this, For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Psalm 108 verses 1 to 5 shares this, My heart is steadfast, O God. I will sing and make music with all my soul. Awake, harp and lyre. I will awaken the dawn. I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples, for great is your love, higher than the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens, and let your glory be over all the earth. Is he worthy? He is so worthy. He is so worthy of our worship. And if you're redeemed and you know that God forgave your sins and he desires to be the Lord of your life, you'll know that that's true. Worship. Intentional effort an outpouring of joy and thanksgiving and praise that's all about him. I hope each and every week as we gather to worship, that's true. That's who we strive to be. It's who we will be. And that's true for you day in and day out, no matter where you are and who you're with. God is worthy of all our worship. Will you you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you and I praise you. Lord, no matter what words I could say to describe who it is that you are, they would fall short. All the superlatives, all the phrases I could string together about your majesty, all short. So, Lord, I, I just pray on my behalf and on behalf of everybody here, regardless of where they worship you week in and week out, regardless of where they work or where their homes are or where they go to school, that, that we would be people who worship you, that we know you, and because we know you, we know you're worth it. And anything and everything that we could do, oh, God, brings a smile to your face. You delight in it. But Lord, there can always be more. Open our hearts. This we ask in your holy, in your precious, and in your awesome name. Amen.